Hello and welcome to the Bite Sized Gaming Podcast, a podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. Today, we have a very special episode. Um, I am your host, Zach, and my co hosts for this evening are John Christian, Catherine Lindquist, Troy Sandlin, and Thomas Votaw. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Hey, guys. Hello. We've got a full table today. Um, and uh, all five of us just wrapped up less than 24 hours hence uh, the preview of Season 10 D&D Live 2020. And uh, we were all exhausted. We're still exhausted. Uh, we'll probably <laughs> be exhausted for the next few weeks. But uh, we wanted to take the opportunity and hopefully to do this more going forward uh, immediately after a con to sit down, chat about it, and give you all that that first-hand DM experience uh, from the convention scene that only we can provide. <laughs> so, y'all, uh, thoughts on the first ever, the inaugural, Bald Man Virtual Convention? Fantastic. Mm-hmm. A spectacular Super. display of chaos and creativity, I think. Uh, uh, that, that, that's a that's a good that's good. Yeah. I mean, I was just gonna say it was a really cool experience, but it's okay. It was a lot of work, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, that's true too. Yeah, the a lot of work. The I had an old boss uh, that had the saying that he loved that became our mantra. He would say, "We are all are ducks. We're all ducks. We're." Uh, calm mm. on the surface and paddling like hell underneath. Oh, <laughs> yep. And yep. Um, that is that is uh, this last weekend to a T. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at least once or twice I, I I dunked my head under the water for a little bit, and all they could see were my feet <laughs> flapping too. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's safe. That's, that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's a fair statement. Yeah, yeah. that was me Definitely. when I tried to teach other people how to run a ray. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. That was me. The Discord bot, yeah, 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 well, yeah. That, yeah. that I would be what I found. I had two tables I had to run at the same time. So, so let's yeah, let's start there. Actually, um, so uh, do a quick rundown. Um, myself and John and Troy and Thomas all ran uh, Roll Twenty and Discord together, mm. and Catherine yes. ran. Um, Discord on its own with some bot assistance for dice rolling and things had to of that be, nature. Had to be special. Yeah. Had to be special. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have some of those like um, super exclusive DMs that ran here, that ran Fantasy Grounds or Zoom calls or Google Hangouts and things like that. So if you're here for that like bizarre world of of virtual fetishes, you're in the wrong place. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love that that's fantasy, where Fantasy Grounds is being Yeah, yeah Fantasy yeah, Grounds appreciates <laughs> that being really good to bizarre fetish. Yeah. We're uh, suddenly is, niche? Really? Yeah. Like, huh. um, but no, I think I think as far as we're concerned, as far as the five of us is con- are concerned, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but we had a pretty clean um, experience for the first virtual con for, I think, any of us. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah, for some so. of us who are only like 
double digit numbers in fan in roll twenty beforehand, right? Like so, I yeah. ran. I was like thirty hours as a player in roll in roll twenty before we started. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I had very little amount of function before I started playing with it, and before we worked together, sort of as a team to build that that project out. Yeah. yeah. And and thirty six hours of convention later, we are masters. <laughs> I, no joke. I was less than forty when I when I heard I was going to run round twenty on fantasy grounds. And between dungeon running with Zach and and D and D live twenty twenty, I'm now at over a hundred and nine. There you go. That sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> that does sound about right. Yeah, I started out at three sixty, and then my OCD kicked in. For preparation, I'm at 521 right now. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. I well, had just, I yeah. crest I crested over a thousand right before the con, and oh. I'm at like a uh, thousand sixty something at this point. So nice, fancy. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's it's that's insane. like eight years of <laughs> that's <laughs> eight <laughs> years of roll twenty though. So oh, not goodness. as impressive as it looks. Um, so uh, let's see. I kind of want to walk through a couple bits of this. Uh, but the first thing I think we should talk about is prep. So we all got this uh, set of adventures, uh, four-part series, uh, a few weeks ago. And uh, we we all knew that we were going to be running it virtually at that point. Um, I'm curious as to what all of you did, what all of you do to prepare for this con and how that might be different than or similar to what a, a, you would prepare for a standard convention. So whoever wants to start, just dive into that. The idea is prep here. I I, well, I will go because uh, th- this I want to speak to the awesomeness of our uh, Baldman Games community. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. we were we were all put together in in a Discord so that we could discuss um, how things were going to go and what we should do and tips and ideas and things like that. And those that are very creative, either inside uh, the virtual tabletops or outside with other maps and things like that, people were like, hey, I'll do maps here if, if, and share them. Or, you know, I'll do tokens if and I'll share them. And it was like, I was I was prepared to sit down and like just while away several hours inside of Roll Twenty creating these maps. When uh, we were deluged, uh, John was one of them. He had some maps from uh, some of his Patreons that he is a part of, and uh, they gave him permission to use use these maps for this uh, this event. And he was awesome enough to say, "Hey guys, here's these maps." Another mm-hmm. another of our friends, Mike, yeah, uh, Mike Amer, he he did some maps in Roll Twenty and, and shared them with people. Um, it made things so much easier for those of us that took advantage of that. Yeah, and we could just focus on reading the adventure, making little notes here and there, and judging the maps to to be our a little bit more our own. But yeah, um, it was it was fantastic. Even handouts, like I came away with some invaluable handouts from several of the other people, and I'm not going to remember everybody's names, but um, somebody made up PDFs of all the reward sheets, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I could just drop a PDF into the table chats, and that was super handy. Um, somebody made there are some glyphs or or um, icons for the last adventure that the party could use to solve a puzzle, and somebody had taken the time to like make all four of those and separate them out. And that mm-hmm. was super handy. 
Um, so even though we were given a mod that really had just been wrapped up and finished, like the, the final period had been placed at the end, um, and then it was handed to us when the ink was still wet, um, by the time everybody got their hands on it, it felt like a really fancy published mod with all the little bells and whistles that that you like. Yeah, sure. I, I'll I'll speak to the to the at least the map creation part of it. Um, yeah, like Troy was saying, I, I've got several Patreons. I do my own cartography also, but I've got some favorites of mine out there, like Afternoon Maps, Forgotten Adventures, Dice Grimorium, really great ones. And what they do is, I didn't have the time to put it all together by myself from mm-hmm. scratch. You know, I just, I, between prep in roll 20, reading the, the module, trying to stay up in the discord, figuring out all the new stuff that's going on there. I took assets from them and cobbled together maps. So between all of the art pieces that came from those uh, working in Photoshop, GIMP, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever it took slapping those together to me, you know, I think kind of to Troy's point, it's all about community and the Baldwin DM community is phenomenal. And so there's no one holding cards close to their chest. Like my table needs to be better than everybody else's table. Right. Everyone's table is going to be amazing because we're all working together as a unit, like this one living organism that's providing for others, you know, and filling in the gaps where other people have like a deficit of, you know, if you're not a Photoshop nerd and you don't have access to some of the Patreons and stuff like that, you know, we kind of filled those gaps for one another and helped each other out. And I think it, you can see it across the board. Uh, I, I, I snagged the, the, uh, the handouts that Zach's talking about and use those to add additional embellishments. And um, yeah, I mean, that was, you could see it like to, to Zach's point too. It went from being this really rough, roughly hewn thing to highly polished across the board, even though it was different. People used my maps, they used other people's maps. So the players had this, um, this broad experience uh, by the end of it. I thought it was fantastic the way that it worked out. It was. And there was people, one of the things that I liked is that there was people, even there was product that I wasn't using, right? That So I used, I went pretty simple where Jonathan went over OCD and went a little crazy on everything. <laughs> I Guilty. went pretty simple in Roll20 because what I didn't want to do is I didn't want to go too crazy and mess up the experience. Hmm. I didn't want to hmm. have too many moving parts because I wasn't super comfortable and mess up the experience. Yep. But you saw people putting things together like the giant server that Ted put together, mm. just a oh, giant yeah. help for everybody with all the information there. And he was there morning to night trying to get people to the right place. It just, it, it really speaks to the group of people that we choose to spend vacations with. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, well, basically that's what it comes down to. Um, the people that we choose to spend vacations with who take the time out of their day, they're not getting anything extra for doing that. They just want to see everybody else succeed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you, Catherine, over there on Discord? What What was that like? <laughs> yeah, tell well, me about it. Um, been a little quiet in this corner because I think part of uh, the prep that I'm going to do differently is um, take advantage of this community that you guys were all referencing, like of the resources from the community, rather. Mm. Um, <laughs> because I, I was nervous to run Roll20 because I also have, I've only ever played, I don't know, I think I might be at like something like 15 hours or something like that total on Roll20 ever. So I didn't feel comfortable um, 
trusting that I'd remember all the tiny little sequences or, you know, do this when this happens kind of a thing, especially if other people didn't know how to use it. Um, but mm-hmm. um, I'm going to have to learn how to do Roll20. <laughs> the I kind of cheated because... So I have a tablet, and for for that reason, I actually had to have Zoom meetings for the visual, and then we used discord for well for the visual and audio and then we use discord to roll our dice Mm. um and it was nice because um pretty much everybody was super chill with doing mostly theater of the mind Mm. um and i had a simple uh chessex grid map um and then i had a couple of builds that i had made because uh, I'm I'm kind of into crafting terrain stuff. I'm just getting into that. So uh, I had a couple of highlights built. Um, so so that was it. Was kind of a different way to approach it. Um, and I don't know. Maybe next time I might print out the maps um, to scale and put them on top of the on top of the grid map, and then put my builds on top of those or something. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, cause I didn't want to lose that 3D feel since we're already, you know, it's, it's already a little bit of a less personal experience for a lot of people. So I want to keep that, th- that 3D aspect of like seeing your DM's hands moving stuff around. Mm-hmm. I can respect that. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I actually, I liked the almost diorama approach that you took to it. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot there that you can really, I mean, I love Roll20, but I love the direction that you went with it also. I'd like to see if you flesh it out in the future, if you want to do it again or you know, take another crack at it. That The idea of kind of like using the camera as the theater, right? And then mm-hmm, you kind of like mm-hmm. the mind is going to put the additional pieces of the set dressing in there. But I, I really liked that. I, it's a bummer. I didn't get a chance to, to duck in and, and watch, you, watch you run one. There'll be future times. Did you ever think about not using the bot to roll and let people roll at home? I did, but not everybody wanted to have a visual. And um, I thought of the fact that at a an, an actual real-life table, everybody can see what you roll. Um, and so I wanted to keep that same standard on, gotcha. on virtual. Mm-hmm. Because so I, say, I, yeah. I often, if people... So I had a free Roll20 account. So mm. there were people that Ooh. couldn't, they couldn't, um, oh. and I think I'm going to change that before our next convention. I think I'll probably buy whatever that first paid level is, mm-hmm. um, and we can go into that at a different time. But um, one of the one of the negatives of, of two people having a free account is that you can't do the character importer easily. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the other option is to be like, okay, make your character from scratch in Roll Twenty, which is pretty easy. Or um, do it it like um, D and D Beyond. They'll use a, a option like Roll Beyond Twenty or something like that. All of which takes five to ten minutes. Mm. That being mm. said, if you've only got an hour and a half, mm-hmm. wrangling all the cats to take five or ten minutes to make characters <laughs> is not something that I want to be doing. Yeah. So I've said, do you have it on paper? He's like, oh yeah, I have it on paper here. I'm like, just wait, either roll on the side of the screen up in the top left or mm. roll at home. Yeah. I said, we're all here for fun. This is a first level adventure. 
it doesn't get too crazy. Right. As soon, and, as, soon yeah. as you do 30 points of damage, we're going to have a conversation about <laughs> our blind die rolls, but otherwise we're good. Yeah. Most like Troy, all my players couldn't hit anything most of the time. Thank you for outing me. <laughs> that's a good segue, actually. Um, so we all ran about uh, anywhere from 15 to 20 sessions this weekend Mm -hmm. um and as i'm looking i can definitely tell that john was on the higher end of that because he's got (laughs) he's got red eyes even today uh not to call him out but yeah (laughs) (laughs) call me out man i am so exhausted it's ridiculous (laughs) um but uh so we all had a ton of people come through i mean if you if you had if you had 20 tables at six people a table which is just about what i think john and i had Mm -hmm. uh, that's 120 people um so so there's a lot of experiences to be had there. Each table was two hours, and typically that meant that you were going to run an hour and a half long game is what it kind of ended up being, I'd say, on average. Um, so there's, I know that you all have a, a dearth, um, perhaps mm-hmm. even a plethora of stories. Um, to, <laughs> a plethora to dearth. Yeah. So tell, okay. tell us about those tables that, that, that still stick in your mind. Uh, the the eight person player uh, eight person table is oh, the one gosh. that kind of sticks out, right? Yeah. Um, I love four to five. That's my that's my butter zone, and you can even you really tell how it scales even in roll twenty. I I spent uh, my experience is different than some some of the others. Like uh, Troy had really didn't have a lot of a time in roll twenty, and and Thomas and and so f- for me. I had that 260 hours in, but even still, that wasn't enough. So leading up to it, I read read blogs and you know and uh, watched videos. Uh, Nick Olovio, uh, I think is his name. I think I've, I've given him mm-hmm. a shout out before. Fantastic YouTube stuff out there, and there were neat little widgets and things in the API that I learned about that were really neat. <laughs> but uh, it was even still, you know, four to five, it goes clean as a whistle. Every character that you add after that gets exponentially slower and slower and slower. And it's not a combat thing. What it really boils down to is I hate leaving people out. And so managing the table to make sure everybody got the same level of experience and you got mm-hmm. your your actors and actresses and mm-hmm. that are uh, your, your face people that have a charisma of eight that still talk like a lot, you know, they still have a lot to say, right? Which is nothing wrong with that. But even still, you know, making sure that the quiet people at the, at the table got their, their opportunity in the limelight also. is so that was actually, I think more than anything else, just managing people coming in and out of mm. the conversation. It was, was one of the most exhausting parts about it. It's just like constantly checking in, checking mm-hmm. the pulse. How are you doing over there? What do you, what do you think about it? Like you haven't talked to them in a little while. Is there anything that you want to, to add to this, no, I'm good. Or they'll actually be like, most of the time, whenever I point out, hey, what do you have to say about it? They're like, that's whenever they open up. And there's so much mm-hmm. that they wanted to say that, that didn't come out. So, yeah, I mean, the, the experience between the f- being in person versus, and we may talk about this separately, but being in person versus um, being virtual, you could really feel that whenever the players got bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. So my eight-person table um, was fantastic and it was a riot and we had a great time, but that was easily my last table, by the way. Thank you, Troy. Uh, was, uh, <laughs> was, uh, Troy, Troy, Troy sent some over to me that, that uh, I went over, I went over six, but they, they that told me one, to. No, no, I look, look, man, we're, we're still, we're bros. It's fine. We, we're, <laughs> what's my fault? What's my fault, pe- John? Peace, 
Peace, brother. Peace. No, it, it, I think that for me, it was it was the most exhausting because of that. Because I was like desperate to make sure that that mass that that mass of people that everybody got an opportunity to do it. So that was the one that really stuck out in my head. Just from a like how me being tired, right? Kind of calling me out. You're right. I'm exhausted, and that was the one that kind of t- took me over the top for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll kind of take the opposite side of that or, or tell a different sort of story, I guess, because uh, I, I could probably share in those like exhaustive stories. But I had a really interesting thing happen at one of my tables, a really interesting thing happened in the middle of a combat um, that I had never experienced before. It was so cool. Um, and it, <laughs> it locked in my mind how much I love gnolls um, because gnolls can be merciless Um and you can get away with that as a DM. So I had a, uh, is it a storm sorcerer that can do the fly uh, yeah, after yeah, yeah. after um, attacking mm-hmm. something? They can fly up ten feet, right, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, without provoking. And uh, so I had a storm sorcerer who slid on ice and went prone right next to uh, a knoll, and he cast a spell from prone, and then he's like, "Well, I want to go up ten feet." I'm like, "Well." You didn't. You don't have any movement, so you're not going to be able to go stand up and fly up. You're just going to go up prone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which, which I thought was an interesting situation to begin with, right? Um, but then the next round, um, the paladin, his buddy, was like, "Well, I really need to get at this guy, and the only space that's available is the space that he is above." And I'm like, "He's above it. He's ten feet above. You can fill that space if you want, uh, but you need to make sure to get out of it." Otherwise, you're going to have issues um, at the end of your turn. He's like, no problem. So he goes over there. He also falls on the ice and goes prone. <laughs> yeah. So so he is now prone and he makes his attacks and he ends up staying there. And then above him, so making the 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 top bun of this of this Big Mac <laughs> is his shadow sorcerer buddy, right? <laughs> and and there are four gnolls that just walked around like like prepped themselves on the four corners, <laughs> wound up their spears, and just readied themselves for when the storm sorcerer dropped back down onto his buddy. Right? They took readied actions. And so so it was a, it was fascinating because yeah, because how do you how do you there's no rule for that, right? What happens when a prone character who's above, who's descending, encounters another character in the same square that's also prone and they both have to occupy that same square for a turn. Um, anyhow, worked out great, but it was that fun. It was it was fun to like juggle all of those little pieces and try to come up with an answer that everybody was happy with on the fly. And then the satisfaction of not only did was everybody happy with it, but I also got to have the storm sorcerer who had been invading all the damage get four ready to tax while prone <laughs> with advantage when it came down. Oh, so satisfying. It was so sweet. I was like, this is, I will remember this. Uh, this is juicy. So um, anyhow, nice. yeah, that's, that's the story. How about you, Thomas? What do you, anything you're thinking of? What from the convention specifically? I uh, I had one of the biggest things that I had, um, not really gameplay mechanic. Oh, but yeah. it was really cool. Was the fact that I probably had so I had a little less players than you guys did. One of the things that we all talked about was the fact that I, my last name is Vota V O. Mm-hmm. So the table, so the way it filled, it filled in our back end. By first name first. So every block started with the A, the C's. So you get to Jonathan. And you go down a little bit more and you get to Zach. 
then you yeah. go a little bit more and you get to Catherine and then you go a little bit more and you get to Troy. And so, and then by the time we're done, if, if everybody had tried all the roll 20 platforms before mine, mine often did not fire or had one or two people. So even with a lesser schedule um, of, I don't know, I think I ended up running like 13 games yeah. out of my 17 that I signed up for. Um, I had 10 to 15 different countries playing my games. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. And yeah. and what I say that what I mean by that is players that were representing different countries that were at home in the Philippines, at home in Ireland and United Kingdom and Australia and Canada and Spain. Mexico. And I didn't mm-hmm. have Spain, yeah. um, but sort of all yeah. over the place. And it was a really cool experience where a lot of them were American citizens living other places. Mm. But mm. that being said, or a good amount of them, let's say, not, maybe not a lot of them. Um, or they were very English first language situations. Maybe their permanent situation might be in somewhere else, but... Our player, we had a couple of players from the Philippines. Um, we had, I had a, a whole table. The very first game I played was the first game of the convention. It was like five o'clock on Thursday. Yep. And my entire table was a table from United Kingdom. Mm. Oh, that's nice. Cool. Three, three players that were, which makes sense because it's like eight, it's like nine to 10 o'clock for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's Thursday. It, it's people are still coming home from work in the United States at five o'clock mm-hmm. on a Thursday mm-hmm. where people overseas were much easier, especially on the West coast of the United States where it's two o'clock in the afternoon when <laughs> everything started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So yeah, had, um, go ahead, Jonathan. I, was, I had a similar circumstance, right? I think that's one of the things that I, uh, one of the takeaways that I had from it that was so neat, right? The neat experience was that it was international, yeah. right? It wasn't, it wasn't just, uh, you know, the, the CONUS US, it was, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a statistical nerd, right? So I kept track of all the numbers of how many players I had and all that good stuff. And my numbers were really similar to yours. I had the Philippines, Canada, Spain, France, Japan, United Kingdom, Germany, Italy, and Japan. All of those. And I mine, I, I guess I lucked out really, in my, in my opinion, is motive, most, if not all of those uh, countries that were represented were from, from native members, which was really cool because I don't know how they... If they how they got a hold of the PHB or how they started playing D and D, and I didn't care. I was just glad that they were there, and I thought it was really cool. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Mm-hmm. It, it is, and the the our, our, if we were going to talk about negative, I'll save it. But um, I've got a few negatives. If we want to jump into that now, oh, uh, I have a positive. Yeah. Let's, okay. Let's, awesome. Let's capture some more of the. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely get into some some other aspects. And it's not really negative anyway. It's just it's just. Uh, Things that why the reason I don't like it as much as as convention play, but mm. 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 Mm-hmm. go um, ahead, Catherine. So, y'all know me. I'm in it for the the acting, the role play, the characters. So, um, at one point, uh, well, first off, overall, um, a vast majority of my games were a majority of people within them enjoyed that aspect as well. So that was very fun. Um, awesome. Yeah. But um, there's a specific group who uh, 
I, I gotta, I'm going to try to condense this story, but basically they, oh gosh, how specific can I get? Um, Do, no can spoilers. I say, ah, uh, okay. Um, so, all right, I'll have to skip the first part of the story, uh, <laughs> except I will drop the name <laughs> Kyle the Radical Hyena. And how he... (laughs) (laughs) So, um, that's part one. Um, Part two is... That's part three. uh... (laughs) Fair, fair. Um, But part two is when they all got to the place they were going to, um, I think I could probably say that it was in a valley without it being a spoiler. So, um... The, they were trying to figure out ways to get down the hill, and there were ways for some of them to get down the hill very fast, but not everyone. But then one of my players was a turtle, and the turtle oh. was like, oh my gosh, and looked to another player and was like, get on my back, and like flopped on the ground. Oh, and awesome. so we had one player surfing the other player, like, turtle shell down the hill, and then they barreled like straight into oh, yes. the combat map. Yeah. Hang it on. was yeah, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, slow clap, slow clap, <laughs> clap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. clap. If slow they, clap. if if the turtle didn't cry out "Cowabunga" as they were going down, they totally failed missed so hard. Totally yes. missed opportunity there. Yes. Yeah. Oh I think God. we were all too busy laughing to think about that. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. That's yeah. Yeah. Sure. Turtle yelling out, climb on my back, is an entire vibe I have right now. Just... <laughs> <laughs> the first and only time in history that a turtle has been the fastest way to get somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, yes. That's fantastic. Uh, oh, man. Troy, um, you, I, I need you to tell a story. Um, okay. Because I, know I, I think I know. Uh, Thomas and I, yep. the lead up to the story is that Thomas and I committed to waiting for Troy until the end of his last slot because we all oh, wrapped gosh. up at about 11.30 at night and we're like oh we'll, we'll hang out here until Troy gets on and uh, 11.30 came and went uh, 12 came and went 12.30 came and went and we could see in his little group there that he was still running and I was like he's an hour over he's two and a half hours into an hour, uh, an hour and a half long game. It was Almost three hours later. It was three hours later. <laughs> and and Tom, Tom and I were like, well, we're like, we saw him. So we were like, well, we're going to be done. We, I can't stay any longer. Time's up. And Troy closes out of his uh, game. We see him close. We, we give him uh, a roaring cheer from the, from the uh, bleachers. And, uh, uh, while later we heard how an hour and a half long game turned into three hours, Oof. and he needs to tell that story for the group. Oh yeah, all right. I need to okay. hear this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, so that everybody understands, I'm I'm in the Eastern Time Zone. So that so that way I can I can speak to time without uh, yeah, yeah. messing messing anybody mm-hmm. up. Uh, so mm-hmm. my that that slot starts at at eleven o'clock Eastern Time. Yeah, supposed to go until one a.m. So okay, cool. We had minor issues getting things started. Um, we we get going, and uh, the the players. I had I had a gentleman from Australia, um, who basically was just trying trying out the event. Had heard of it, jumped on, and because uh, he wanted to see how his internet handled mm. 
uh, virtual virtual role playing. No problems at all. Oh, um, good. Yeah, uh, gentleman from Canada, uh, and, and we uh, and I I feel kind of bad. I did not ask people where they were from mm. because I felt like mm-hmm. if I do that, knowing me, I'm going to veer off and not get the adventure done. <laughs> uh, uh, we had a lady uh, in the in the game, and I I believe. She was from uh, Europe, possibly UK. I'm not sure. Um, I don't want to like try to pitch whole accents because I'm I am fully uh, 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 an American. American. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then two guys who I'm assuming are from the US. Uh, we get going first part of the adventure. Uh, one of the, one of the the American guys uh, is playing a halfling. I'm going to give a shout out to Griffo the halfling. Mm. Imagine. Uh, Alan Tydek from uh, A Knight's Tale, that character that he played, only very meek and nervous. Oh, oh shit. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> he had me in stitches. Um, just all, everything was just going horrible. <laughs> hilarious. They make it. The, the similar story for Catherine, you know, with the whole transportation issue, that was a big ordeal. Um, they didn't quite make it down the hill as uh, as gracefully, I'm assuming, as what Catherine's uh, people did. <clears throat> they, they, they finally got to the destination, which was the, the actual combat. And while their plan was sound, the dice of roll 20 were against us. Oh no! Uh, as as things went, uh, I was hitting no one. They were hitting no one, and it just kept going and going. And jokes were being made. More hilarity ensued. And I'm like, you know what? This is the last slot of the of the night. I don't care if we go a little over. Um. <laughs> finally, <laughs> everyone's staring at the camera. <laughs> yeah, they're like, "Oh my god!" And they're all having fun, and all Triple of a sudden, the time is not a, a little over. Yeah, that's well, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, uh, my dice finally uh came back, and I ended up uh killing a player character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. And uh, so that w- that ended up being a thing. <laughs> there was a little bit of a eulogy going on. Oh. Um, <laughs> some, some some surprise events happened during said eulogy. Uh, His now, family now we're curious. Up. It was yeah. a whole oh, no. thing. The, the NPC that was involved, you know, that was kind of like at the middle of all the thing, was was uh, being questioned heavily. Mm-hmm, <laughs> it, it was it was just. A comedy of if I could have, I'd have been playing yakety sax the entire time. <laughs> and yes. finally, it was like, okay, here's your rewards, here's your stuff. I looked down at the clock and I'm like, oh my gosh, it is two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Zach and I are tapping our feet in the back room, just waiting for him. Like, yeah, come on. And so, so we finally get done. I, I I give them the rewards, and everybody's like, oh, that was an awesome time, blah blah blah. And I get off. And, and I go to the Discord just to see, and I see all of these messages, all of these memes. 
Where's Troy? What's going on? We were throwing confetti. There was applause. There were roses being dropped on the carpet. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was. It was good. And then so I finally, I was like, okay, I shut everything down. I'm like, okay, I need to step away for a minute. And then I get on our super secret DM uh, Discord chat room and nobody's there. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, they just posted this like three minutes ago. From our from our side, it looked different. Yeah, from our side, it's like <laughs> we posted that he has been off his game for twenty minutes. Time's from up. We've side. been waiting for three hours. <laughs> on Eastern he's, time, he's head down yeah. on his desk, passed out at this point. I think. <laughs> on, on Eastern time, mm-hmm. Zach and I are sitting there, and it's so his. They started at eleven, and so it's supposed to end about twelve thirty. And we're sitting. When Zach pops in at twelve thirty ish, and I'm there. I've been I had been done since like seven o'clock, but I was killing time on the computer. I was writing some for our other project for Drifter's Atlas and things. And Zach pops in, and I am drinking at this point, and everybody yeah. else is having a good time. <laughs> and Jonathan and Catherine are already gone for the night. Oh yeah. And, okay. and I turned I'm, into a pumpkin at like, that point. He's like, Zach's like, I got to wait for Troy. I got to see how Troy's doing. Troy was pretty pissed off beforehand. And, I, and I'm like. I was? Spoiler alert. You were grumping. <laughs> you were grumbling. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that I said. I don't know that I said pissed off until we were like half an hour over time. I'm like, now I need to stay on because I know he's going to get off this one. Yeah. So midnight. So no, sorry. One o'clock comes and we're like, he's got to be almost done. It's a full two hours. Uh, then twelve thirty comes and be like, oh no, maybe he's run straight into number four. We're <laughs> like, there's no way he's still doing number three. I it's a one hour should've. mod. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then um, two thirty comes and we're like, I have no clue what's going to be- what's going on, but I have to go to bed. And I'm like, no, wait a minute, we've stayed up way too late to not wait. I'm like, Zach, jump in his game. So Jack, Zach jumps. <laughs> Zach jumps in his game. He's like, oh, they're on the last battle. <laughs> Still, and, and I'm like, what? He's I'm like, he's got to be so mad because we couldn't hear what they were saying. I'm like, he's got to be so mad. And Zach goes, Oh no, Troy killed someone. <laughs> and and he's like, he's like, this is either gonna be really good or really bad when we get off. And we wait and we see Troy at at two in, or would have been yeah two in the morning. He finally gets done. And uh, this has been three hours now since he started, and we're like, okay, he's gonna be, he's gonna come right in here in the next five, four, three, two, and we're all looking, waiting for him to jump in, and he doesn't do it. Exactly, we're like, well, oh you my have gosh, to understand. Is- I have the bladder of an incontinent chihuahua. I had to pee. I've been sitting in front of that computer for, as you said, double the time. And and so we're like, come on, we we're we're expecting so much, and we're waiting, and we're waiting, and we're waiting, and finally Zach and I are like, we're done. It's two thirty in the morning. We can't do this. And I go I go downstairs to get a drink, and then all I see is stuff pop back up on my Discord notifications on my phone. It's like. New message, new message. I'm like, oh, I've already taken off my clothes to go to bed for the night. I, so I'm in the dark and I'm trying to make the phone call and I'm throwing clothes back on to get on the camera. <laughs> it was awesome. Which is weird because he never wore pants the whole time he ran for the convention. That's why the camera goes shirt up. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I will say this. I, 
I was done with the game like a half an hour before I finally got it was it was uh, wrapping up, and then they all started asking me about like Baldman games and running games and uh, what's coming oh. next and things like that. So we were chatting, and and so you know I was I was spreading goodwill. Hmm. Most of us community. did that nice. in the yes. half an hour after the hour and a half mod. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair. So Thomas, you brought up something and and. Uh, of Troy's game that I think um, is it'd be fun to talk about for a minute. I know uh, I wish he was here at this point, um, but uh, Micah, one of our friends, had a TBK during this mm-hmm. whole series, mm-hmm. and um, I know that um, a it's a rarity to kill one player in Adventures League uh, to some extent, but it's super rare to get a TBK, um, and uh, we had more than our fair share this weekend. Um, I know on my hand, Thomas got to sit in on me me smoking this guy. I almost got him. Yes. Uh, and and um, I won't say, not to, to avoid spoilers, I won't say what they were fighting, but I will say that it was something that doesn't stop fighting you when you go down. And so mm-hmm. I had... I, the guy went down and none of his buddies came over to like, or they did come over and they couldn't hit him. And oh. so the, the creature bit him while he was down bleeding out and he got two failed death saves from that. <laughs> and then Thomas ran over with a medicine kit to try to stabilize him. And took failed. four attack of opportunities. Four attacks had of opportunities. one life left. Yeah. One hit point left. <sighs> got over there, rolled, failed. A nine. Rolled nine. With bardic inspiration. Yes, yes. Then that guy, that guy. I'm like, all right, dude. Just first death save. Surely you can roll one positive one, and we'll be good. Nope, rolled an eight. Just (sighs) fell flat on his face. There was nothing to be done. I was like, well, uh, it felt so good. I'm not gonna lie. Like like (laughs) most. See, okay, guys. Zach has been waiting for his first PC kill. No. I, that right there say. should tell you how the panel is made up of, yeah. of, of us right now. Yeah. I felt horrible no. when, when my when that player character died. I did everything I could. Zach, I, y'all heard what he said. No, no, no. It was so I good. laughed in glee when I killed mine this weekend. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Thomas got one. Uh, no, but like, there's just there and I'm not that way either. No, it was just satisfying. I think that one was particularly satisfying because Thomas did the theatrics and there was so much hope riding on the monk getting there he's like i've got a medicine kit i can do this i'm like yes you can you know we we had amped this up and and also like they had been wailing a statue they had been wailing on these uh yeah they'd been wailing on these creatures all around this guy for a whole round and couldn't hit squat so it was like they i don't know how many players in this dead pc's party tried to save him and no one could do jack squat um Uh, and it was just it was in the cards it was so perfect it was so perfect it is your destiny yeah that is that is that is a pretty good like it's not just a like oh you're dead bye no it was very it was very dramatic dramatic. yeah dramatic it it felt good we talked about it after the fact about my aversion to killing players against versus my uh my reputation nope. of, of killing characters, not players, <laughs> but nope. characters. No, I haven't killed sure a player yet. yet. 
Uh, Chris Lindsay will, will will drop the hammer on us if we say we kill players. <laughs> yes, I killed the characters. <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, my reputation is that I, I murder them indiscriminately, but uh, in reality, I'm miserable if I if I kill a, a player character. And so, <laughs> yeah. So what will usually happen is I'll resort to was it Youth Troy? Who was it that told me about uh, an instance where they killed the player? And then they somehow brought them back. Who was, was who? Was, that was you, Troy. Right? That was me. Um, that was me. Yes, I've done this. And we kind of talked about this before. Where I've done the same thing in this. I've killed two so far in the entire time that I've done that I've been running for Baldman Games. I did not have a single one this weekend though. So that's interesting to see, like the the dynamic. Like I got th- is that three? Catherine, did you kill anybody? Nope. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Okay, well then we're I, simpatico here because I felt I like yeah, I felt yeah. I have a clean conscience for the weekend where I didn't kill anybody. <laughs> yeah, I tried really hard not to kill people. I'm I fear my first my first character death. I, t- I told them I kind of it was part of the boilerplate at the beginning of my sessions where I'm like, okay, look, I'm rooting for you. I don't want you to die, but the dice are going to roll the way that they are. The right. the bad guys are mean, vicious, and they want you dead. So. Right, Let's have yeah. a good time, and yep. it just I mean, ended up panning out. Of course, the the best description of how my rolls went, I think I kind of I sent this to everybody ahead of time. But the best description is I roll a crit, and I get a one on both of the damage dice. That's pretty <laughs> much what my weekend looked like. I rolled a lot of fives and sixes and eights that really helped out the players quite a bit. Hey, my at least you hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> my death was pretty great too. So my Do death. Tell came on the part of the mod, mod that wears all traps. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm. So yeah. my death was a PC killing themselves. <laughs> mm. Oops. So they went That's, through trap oof. one and took Mondo damage twice. The first half and the second half of part one. They then, they then walked all the way through and they're like, uh this looks too fishy and they're looking down and looking across and they walk through and they fell and they mm-hmm. took almost max damage from the fall. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Just instant <laughs> level one character taking 12 on the secondary trap. They walk through. Mm. Oh, yeah. Gone. Yeah. Two traps. Wow. No combat whatsoever. Squishy. There's not even any combat at that Squishy. point in the mod. So, so yeah. Yeah, there's not even combat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I want to clarify really fast, though. Um, when I say I tried really hard not to kill characters, I want to I want to clarify that it's like yes, I do still have them like act the way they're supposed to, like NPC wise and foe wise and stuff. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, just just to avoid that whole thing. Oh sure, okay. Cat- anyway. Catherine. I I have something that because I was the same way. I I hate the idea of killing characters. I I always have you know since I started gaming even to now. But I, I, I read something or something was told to me uh, a while back, and it has helped me come to terms with it. DMs do not kill characters. We are simply there to do the paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, thought, I mean... By their own choices, they (laughs) cause their own demises. It doesn't bring her a lot of, uh, just looking at the the reaction there, it doesn't bring a lot of comfort. You know, I. Well, that helped me let go. I would agree (laughs) with you, Troy. I appreciate that. But I I don't think in good conscience I can. Um, And I'll I'll give you an example. 
um, that Thomas thankfully did not was not there to witness. Um, but in the last mod, I uh, was not super excited about the um, lack of variety in the last creatures. And so I came up with the brilliant idea of grabbing a different creature and kind of mixing the two together and having having some variety. You can't say that publicly because we're changing AL now. No, no, no. Shh. <laughs> Let's listen. It Let's, was it was uh, it was monster. Uh, the DMs uh, are empowered. That's they're, that's, they're, the they're em- that's like that's they're the, empowered. And it it's was in thematic. the player handbook. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, we we are empowered, and it was thematic. It was empowered, and it was thematic. Um, so so what I will say is that I swapped out a CR one quarter creature for a slightly debuffed CR two creature. <laughs> yeah, John's like, yep, yep. You see my mistake? Um, yeah, yeah. So, I'm the numbers guy. I, I yeah. know what happened there. So so, so my my justification was. They had about the same um, hit points. They had about the same AC. Um, they had slightly better stats. I removed all their spells, and they, but they had a better melee. So I'm like, they did not should, do slightly the same damage. It should be about right. And sure. um, I'm confident in my approach. I still am, but um, um, <laughs> this is why I can't agree with Troy that we aren't all out there to kill players. That, that right there, um, sir, is the captain going down with the ship yeah, whenever yeah. you, uh, you <laughs> dig your heels in. 100%. No, no. Um, so the, the max damage that one of the other creatures could do, I believe, is nine. I believe is nine. And mm-hmm. uh, I had the players walked into the room engage with the four enemies that were there i dropped one of my new creatures into the room (laughs) he walked up crit the barbarian for 29 (laughs) points of damage oh my god thus thus we see the disparity (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh my gosh thomas just thomas is off <laughs> oh my gosh, it was so good. Like the oh, like no. uh, like uh, thankfully he was already raging, died. so he's like, Well, he went down to one well, hit well. point. Yeah. So so the crazy thing was it was so it's perfect. I'm sweating over here. The bar- <laughs> we gotta let him tell his story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're good. Uh so this this fellow had this fellow was level two, was a barbarian, <laughs> but had not raged yet. So he, hmm. he, that was going to be like, bam, bam, hammer, right? He was a half orc. Uh-huh. He took 29 oh, points man. of damage and went down to one hit point. <laughs> it was the most perfect thing. My players freaked out and they were like, this is a level, this is, this is for a tier one level one adventure. What is going on? And I was like, I don't know. I didn't write the thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good, man. Uh, <laughs> delicious. Um, oh man. Yeah. So anyhow, that's that's uh, that was a delight. I, in all fairness, I kept that same exact setup for the next three games, and uh, it worked well every time. So and you killed one. No regrets. <laughs> it worked well by killing a player every single time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they need to. They need to learn. Um, <laughs> you need to learn your place. <laughs> Uh, that's what, that's what every player really needs. Yeah. That's, that's the missing component to every player, though. Really, is is real fear, 
right? Yeah. Isn't it? Uh, I think so. Fair. Uh, the best. The best uh, part is you're like. I think. I think I was right to switch him out. The main thing that the main guy could do is nine damage, but the next guy did twenty nine. Well, yeah. I mean, like, so that guy's <laughs> ma- max damage, not on a crit, was sixteen. So I was yeah. justifying yeah. it by saying, "Oh, it's not that much more," but it's a lot more when you crit and right. you roll max, almost max damage on the crit. Think that about it this way. There's so, not there's not one person that in level one that would keep through sixteen and stand no, up. No, max right. damage though, right? But 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 they're probably not gonna yeah. kill anybody with sixteen. If they roll max damage, they're probably not gonna kill anyone except it like the wizard who ran in willy nilly. It, um, it would have <laughs> been fi- it would have been fine if you'd have just done the like the the, the middle damage, damage like it yeah, like yeah. A list, that would have no, killed anything but plate man or anything but wizards, clerics, <laughs> rogues. No. Rogues is dying to that. Mm-hmm. Um, Level one rogues are dying listen, to ten listen. damage. You're only proving my point. That's what. That's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> so, least, I mean, so you could look at it this way: if you're a level one character, you're not attached to your character yet. Most that you hope. this I'll, this this was a, this I, is a little a, bit. This is how I justified it. We're running a special. They all made new characters for this, and we're in mm-hmm. a weird place where we don't even know if they're really going to be able to use these characters in season ten. If that's right. you died special, yeah. And that's <laughs> and that's what I was going to say. Honestly, is like, look, I I don't want to kill my players either. Nobody, I mean, no good DM wants to be out and killing their players. That being said, right. if I kill Except a player in tier one. Yeah. You don't have that much time invested in a first level character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, there's this, there's wiggle room for that because, like, you know, obviously depending on the table, it's like, oh, we w- we made up this backstory where we're all part of this group and blah 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 blah. But like, you know, there's ways around that too. You could have another character that came from the same group if you wanted to, like, yeah, stuff like that. <clears throat> um, I think That's another fun. thing that would be interesting to chat about here as we're getting close to the end is, um, oh, I'm gonna give Sean Merwin some props for writing this sucker um, yeah. and, and including yes. quite a few really good traps and mm-hmm. I know I tweaked it a little bit but the core of that last puzzle is really good yeah. um, and I was yeah. not a believer initially when I read, read through that mod but I I warmed up to it quite a bit and that's those are two things that you don't see a lot of in 5e good traps good puzzles and the other thing yes, is and that he is committed to taking our advice on what we've changed and what we've because Sean was actually running part of that with us this weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he he we we talked a lot of us had talked to him about what we were changing and things like that, and he's committed to doing another pass before that becomes official. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Which is and really he has cool. some really great, and he has some great NPCs in mm-hmm. that in this mod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right, guys, we got time for maybe a couple more stories. Who's got a story that they are itching to tell? Well, well, so let me ask Thomas. you this really fast. Oh. Well, let me hang on before we do that. Let me ask you this before we go into a story. Let me, and we may save this for the end. But I was thinking about from the feedback that you got from your players. What were the things that you kept hearing over and over again that were your strong suits and your weaknesses? Like the things that you can take into the next into the next uh, iteration with you. Did you do the hats with every single table, John? That's why I ran long on every <laughs> single table. I now I know. Now I understand. Now okay. you know. Right, didn't, well, it, it ended up. It, it became more and more what? abbreviated. Okay, for those that are, okay, so I for those that, that are listening, the, the, for those that are listening, I know you did. The, for those that are listening out there, the, the hats is a thing that I have at my table at the end of every session. 
It's uh, you put on a hat and you tell me something whenever you got it on, right? Magical hat. Green is what did you love? Red is what you in, what you would improve, and black is this was terrible. Don't ever do it again. So for the sake of expediency, I did whittle it down to instead of saying hats, just saying, hey, tell me something that you loved or that you hated that I can carry over in the next game. And so I kept that down to about like a five, seven-ish minute. Some, 10, 15. It, look, not on me. The players would either tell me, like, like, man, this thing needs to change or I loved this kind of thing. But yeah, I was I love the feedback, though. So that's I feed off of that. Uh, yeah, so I, that's my question to to each of you, and I'll, I'll have my own. But uh, like specifically, what is it that they loved about your games that they kept saying over and over again, or something that you would something that you changed uh, like in midstream? Hmm. Well, I will say before we that the fact that if your hats ended up putting you late, Troy must have tried on thirty six hats at the end of that. <laughs> Every color in the rainbow, got, and then some. I got, got a big, big color wheel. I got a, I got a big hit. It takes me a while <laughs> to find hats that fit. <laughs> They had to customize the hat. No, the problem is that he took off his magical hat and gave it to them, and it just put the Harry Potter hat over the <laughs> yeah. face situation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you um, belong in Gryffindor. <laughs> uh, I, for your question, John. Um, yes. The thing that I that I kept hearing uh, was uh, that. I, d- I didn't get to ask for feedback um, because I was always I was always running late, um, mm-hmm. just running the the thing itself. Um, but I could tell, like people people really enjoyed uh, having a little oh uh, companion. Mm. Almost had a spoiler. Uh, <laughs> enjoyed having a little companion that maybe wasn't technically written in the mod as going on the whole trek with them, mm-hmm. but um, because they asked and because why not, because it's fun, um, they had this like little companion and I made them cute because I wanted to and they reacted well to it. Uh, so they had this little little being Thanks. that they could protect and they could <laughs> interact with and they could like give fun little like items and stuff. Um, so, so that was a, that was a good, good feedback thing that I got consistently was that everybody was really attached to that, that aspect. I'm, I murdered that companion in my very first game on accident. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> they wouldn't I help can't... him whatsoever. Oh, this does not oh, surprise me. No. So, Catherine, was there, was there anything that you changed as you went along, where, where you kind of realized maybe two or maybe two or three sessions in, you're like, mm, "This isn't working," and, and I tweaked it. What did you do? I mean, obviously, we can't be super specific, but um, yeah, do the best you I, can anyway. I um, I took one aspect of the mod, and I just completely. The first two times I ran it, we didn't have time for the last combat. Mm. Like the the mod was supposed to be ending, and they were getting to the la- like to approach the last mm-hmm. combat. So I just took one of the earlier things out, and I felt I was I was sad about it because it was creative and it was interesting. Right. But I just sort of like I don't have time for this. Oh, um, gotcha. Yeah, and so then that made it so that th- there could actually be an experience of a last combat. Mm. Right. Um, and that you, seems Zach? to work pretty well. Um, so I, I would say the thing that I got a lot um, was just the 
my state of organization. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I think I'll chalk that mostly up to the fact that I kind of opted out of the larger server. And so I had my own kind of tucked out of the way channels and um, I was able to kind of manage those real well. So my, my players knew kind of the cycle there. We were ready to go almost every session at, at the hour mark, you know, mm-hmm. we were, so we played a true hour and a half most of the time and we're done on time. Um, and so I heard several times like, Hey, the, there's obviously a lot of organization that you're doing behind the scenes to make it feel this smooth, mm-hmm. uh, which that's great. Cause, uh, that was the thing that I really wanted them to feel was like, I didn't want it to be a chaotic, frustrating time getting in there, getting set up. And mm-hmm. that just leads to bad D and D. Um, mm-hmm. as far as the thing, John, uh, as far as adjustments, I'm going I'm I'm to take the uh, part the veil for a moment and say Thomas got to see when I'm not organized. Um, <laughs> that last mod I walked into, and I told you guys before that I don't read these suckers. Like when I'm running <laughs> yeah. them, I just kind of mm-hmm. like put them to the side, and I might like reference them for names or for quotes, but I'm not like reading it along. Mm-hmm. Got me in trouble with Thomas's game. Um, because there's a part you guys will remember where you're supposed to know a language, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or there's a book that has a translation in it. Mm-hmm. And I 100% said, this book is written in this language. And everyone was like, we don't know how to read it. And I'm like, well, fuck. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that, that's, your, <laughs> that's your way out. That's the way that this whole mod works. So <laughs> for the next, uh, hour and a half thomas watched as i basically had to like re-steer the ship and dodge all these obstacles that i just made for myself because i had to like the whole mod depended upon you being able to understand at least a piece of this book and Mm -hmm. now you don't know anything literally nothing so um that was something that next mod I was like, all right, I need to read. I need to have this thing in front of me, and I need to make sure that I'm saying the right things. Hubris. My right name thing. is Zach Goins. Yeah, exactly. it was. It was worse for Zach than it was for me. Honestly, it flowed well enough along, right? Like it wasn't the mod, but it didn't feel out of place either. Good. So yeah, I think I like whatever worked of that was was just just magic of the players being willing to go along and being willing to kind of fit the flow. Uh, because I think we did end in a way that was very, very similar. I think if you were to recount your story, it would not feel uh, like it came out of far left field necessarily. Um, but but the details were <laughs> could not be further apart by the end of it. <laughs> what about you, Troy? Well, uh, for, for this for this event, I did not ask specifically for feedback because mm. obviously, as they've all outed me, that you know I ran a little bit long, quite a bit. <laughs> um, I would, however, as we're wrapping up, say, "Did you enjoy it?" And and mm. invariably, somebody would say something that they enjoyed, um, and a lot of it was it it was it's awesome that you're that you're open too crazy mm-hmm. you know things like mm-hmm. that or, or uh, I liked how you were trying to be very inclusive for everybody at the table making sure everybody had a say everybody was 
being pulled in and things like that. Uh, so as far as stuff that I changed, the beauty of having a single mod with four parts and uh, the what our goal was as DMs as, as a whole was we were going to run part one on Thursday, part two Friday, and so on. Uh, we tried not to, to bounce around at all to ruin anybody else's experience. So every mod you run that first time, it's like, okay, I see how that went. The second time, I'm going to tweak this just a little bit, see if I can get it to go a little bit smoother. Third time, okay, I, I have it dialed in now. So there was a few things like that where I luckily kind of got to a flow where I could hit every story beat in the mod. I didn't have to cut anything out. Mm-hmm. Now, yep. I that's not to say that I wasn't like mushing it and, and, and stuff like that to, to make mm-hmm. sure that it all got fit in. But like the one that Catherine was talking about, and I also got lucky because it seemed like every group I had was not going towards the combat. Mm. They were all satisfied with role playing and discussing and things like that. So, which also goes long, but I didn't have to worry about trying to shoehorn a combat in there mm. on top of all that as well. Gotcha. So yeah, I got I got lucky with all that. <clears throat> Thomas, what about you? So I didn't. I have Zach's the hubris issue, where I don't. I don't think I'm this perfect. What? I don't have this perfect idea that I'm this perfect DM, but I have the idea that if I'm having fun, they're having fun. Mm-hmm. If I hear people laughing and I hear people carrying on, and I can, if I pick on somebody who falls through the trap. Like the death is one thing, but if I pick on you and you fall through the trap and you break your leg and you keep going and they're laughing and they're all laughing at the guy who fell and the guy does something and he laughs at everybody else, that's how I judge how things are working right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And I do it a little bit different when I'm testing, like we're doing test play for our product that Zach and I are working on and I ask a billion questions for them Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. that is, if I'm writing something or working on a project, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. But um, so what I what I one of the things that they loved, and I'll piggyback on Zach again, is that that one of the things we did with the Discord server was super easy, always to know exactly where everybody was. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I could ping everybody in my server. Um, nobody was jumping in and out of games. I only had one issue: as somebody jumped in in the middle of a game that they weren't supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. Um. I only ever had like 50 people total in my server or 60 people total in my server. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, a, it wasn't 700 people or whatever we saw in the big server trying to find a seat and everything else. I actually yeah, had more point. problems. Being able to ping and say every, like doing an everyone indiscriminately was fantastic. Like an APB out had, to everybody. Yeah. I had more problems helping people find their seat for other games in the big server mm-hmm. than I did having people find my game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People that had played in my games earlier in the weekend. So that was one of the huge things that I really loved that we did this weekend that I thought went really well. Um, one of the, the, I guess the biggest negative is that I am a very visual player. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a hard time by not running games beforehand. Mm-hmm. Before mm-hmm. anything. It's one of the mm-hmm. reasons why what we got, we got at least this time we got the mod in a couple enough time to, to feel good about it. 
but I can read through a mod and I don't, I don't like get that. Right. I just doesn't stick in my brain the same way. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. Often like I, I, we were supposed to run a game with Zach and I and some other people and I had some family stuff come up and I didn't make the game. So like what I did is I did my every single day before we started, I'd read and basically run through on my map how it was going to work. And that was the only way. So I changed that sort of as I went and I touched things up and I worked on maps and things like that. So every single day it got a little bit better. And now I could run this whole four hour brick in my sleep if I wanted to. No, exactly. I I did a similar thing. So whenever it didn't click until I started putting the maps together, it didn't. And it didn't click further until I had it in roll 20. And I was starting to think through logically, here's how this, the direction that the story went in and started putting together almost like a like a flow chart in my brain. Uh, I'd read through the module twice and it still just hadn't glommed on in, in, uh, in my brain yet. So only whenever it had to kind of come together kinetically and visually did it really, did it really make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So for me, um, I, I live off of the feedback, right? Positive, negative. People don't hurt my feelings whenever they, whenever they, they critique or criticize. Um, so for me, uh, what I was glad to to hear was the stuff that I obsessed over. I obsessed over the maps. The maps have to be perfect. Have to have neat, neat little special effects that the APIs do. I need it needs to be fast paced. It needs to do, all the the mechanical things that I did that were in Roll Twenty were the things that no one ever mentioned. And I'm sure that people they they said a lot of the same things about organization and you can tell you put a lot of work into this. They said things like that, but the the feedback that I got continually was they loved the voices that I, I did for the the characters. Um, they loved. Yes. Uh, they loved the fact that no one got left out. And I mean, it, I worked so hard to make sure that that happened. It was always gratifying to know no one felt like they'd, they'd gotten you know sidelined in the story. So that was fantastic too. And just, I got a lot of really positive feedback. One of the things that um, because of the nature that I got kind of repeatedly though, to the contrary was just that there's just not enough time in the in the stories they wanted they wanted more time mm-hmm. to let it breathe they're like you know there were a couple of times there where you kind of you kind of rushed past this one thing and i kind of wanted you to land there for a little bit i'm like yeah i wanted you to have a beat there also but we just couldn't do it well like we're already five minutes over and i've got to get to my next table and they were very understanding but that was the only thing is i think that virtual play what i'm noticing is that oh, really the, these hour sessions kind of they kind of lean towards this too. I, I ran their hour sessions for uh, Tomb of Annihilation uh, back in the day. They had the preview stuff, and that was always the same feedback. Like an hour is not enough time. An hour and a half is not enough time. Really, they want like an hour and a half to two hours of play. That's what they're really looking for. So, yeah, that and so for what I I fixed along the way was constant. I was making constant tweaks oh, yeah. to stuff. Thing I made th- uh, not just like story tweaks and things like that. I forced myself. I write down uh, notes with some of the feedback too. Like it wasn't story driven. The changes that I really had to make. It was things like take two seconds, take a deep breath, let everybody say what their character's class and name and race is at the very least, and then you know like where are you from? They're like city state country, whatever, whatever you feel comfortable with. And then that, that, what they did 
was it start, it started make breeding some familiarity with one another and it mm-hmm. loosened everybody up a little bit more oh well they're from this and they're they're willing to reveal that much about about themselves <clears throat> at least and so it kind of let some of the guards down as, as it went along mm. it was pretty neat to see it happen like that nice nice um that's cool uh, my yeah. negative is um, go for it. My Kat. negative is thank you. <laughs> uh, case in point, um, <laughs> that uh, of course, the longer you run on virtual only, the more often you're going to run across people like accidentally cutting each other off more than normal and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. But that's just going to be a learning curve in all aspects of life that are going more virtual right now. But um, me, for me specifically, I mentioned the. Um, what John called the diorama style, which I really, mm-hmm. I like referencing that that way now. So I'm going to do that. Um, oh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, but I need, I need another camera. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always had this awkward moment where I had to like move my tablet and then lower it and then switch the camera around. Mm. And um, so I need another camera and I need another light. Because mm-hmm. um, mm. right now I just mm-hmm. have the one lamp. So, right. If I could get those two things, then I think it would enhance the experience greatly for my players because it'd just be a lot smoother and they could see, um, they could see more of the work that went into the part of the build that I actually like made and stuff like that. So, um, so it would be more of a like, oh, cool. This is this instead of like, oh, there's like some blocks there, which I don't think it was that, but, but, but maybe it was. I'm not mm. sure. So right. that's, that's probably the biggest negative. For me, I'll, um, I had one that I was thinking of today, um, and I, I yeah, I, I would say it is a negative. Um, this, and and I'll I'll use a strong word here that I don't actually mean, but I felt like this con was kind of wasted, and here's here's where I'm getting to with that. Um, there was no call to action at the end of this con. And I really, mm. other than, hey, there's a book coming out, you should pre-order it. Mm. Um, if I was Bald Man, if I was Wizards, if I was D&D Beyond, um, I would, from this first con onward, be saying, we're going to be doing virtual cons for a while now. Here's how you get involved with that. Here's mm. a whole bunch of details. Here's how you sign up with Bald Man to, if you want to DM. Here's a whole bunch of social media links for you to follow to know when another virtual con goes live. Here's a list of a whole bunch of virtual cons that we know are coming down the pipe. Here's, here's AL admin standing by, um, in the, in the big Discord chat that will answer questions of, that people who are wanting to get into Adventures League, who are wanting to set up their own Adventures League guilds in their cities, like all of these things. There's so much potential when you're, like we've talked about getting people that are international, getting a ton of new people that have never mm-hmm. played at a con, have never played Adventures League. And in my opinion, it it's great that us as DMs, we've talked about this um, probably right before the call, but we were there saying, here's how you do those things. But there should have been that all that information should have been front and center. And when somebody asks, we say, here's all the links. Here's how it works. Come be a part of the party. Come be a mm-hmm. part of the family. Um, so that would be the thing that I'm like, man, next time we really should have that. Um, and I think that that's, that's a, Today is definitely not a day of disappointment, but I've thought about that several times and been like, ah, yeah, we kind of just wasted our first shot at bringing a whole bunch of new people into mm-hmm. AL and the con scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's fair. Especially with the links, the like social media accounts to follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I talk to probably somebody every single table who was like, so this is my first game of Adventures League, or I've never yep. been to a con before, or, mm-hmm. you know, how did you, how do you sign up to be a DM at a con like this? I mean, like, yep. time yeah, after same. time after time. Same thing. So. Yep. Thomas, what do you got? You got anything, any uh, follow-ups on yeah, that? Yeah, I started off um, just when we were talking about our experiences, I was talking about some negative and the biggest negative for me wasn't truly a negative for the con. It was more of a negative of the times, right? So one of the things that we really, well, that I mean, our little group did very well of keeping in touch after games and checking in with each other and things like mm-hmm. that. But everybody else, I'm, I go to a con and I use my vacation time. I take time away from my family and I travel all over. I travel five to ten hours depending on where the con is. And I do that because I get to see 40 people who I consider mostly people who are closer than normal, just your everyday acquaintance or a mm-hmm. co-worker or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And and I'm so used to running 10 hours of convention and then spending another four hours at a restaurant somewhere <laughs> and then getting up and hitting breakfast with somebody yep. and then going back again and doing it all again for four days five days if you get in a day early yeah um and it's while this is great it's really hard it was good and bad right there's it's great that at least we got to be able to any time that we can play 40 hours of adventure league is always a good time oh yeah Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. that being said though there was something different about not being able to sit across the table from my players and shake hands and give away dice and and do all those things that I do at Gen Con and Origins mm-hmm. and everything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, w- I mean, Catherine, Zach, and I just played with one of my favorite players that we see at every convention last week. Um, and you don't get to see those people. You don't get to, or if you do, I see them on a screen for an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, different. I mean, we have people that are now part of our lives that are just customers that have come into our cons that wanted mm. to be friends with us and, and everything else. And hopefully that evolves from this online one too. And we start making these connections over, over the phone and over Facebook and social media and Instagram and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people have walked away with new connections, all five of us, yeah. but it was pretty, it's a, it's a bummer that we're not, it's, as I said, it's a good and a bad, it's a bummer that we're not sitting at a table with people that, and making new in-person connections too, but I get it. I get it. I'm not. I'm not bitter about that. Mm-hmm. Well, the other I mean, thing you, is, you pretty much picked it out of my brain. Honestly, that's yep. the thing that was the hardest for me was the lack of connection. You know, as seeing each other's faces, well, sometimes too. Even in the discords, I've got video up. My video is up all the time, but I know that my not day. everybody's is comfortable with it. But that seventy percent interaction, that interaction is is tough without. Well, it's just vocal back from them. I can't see their body language, the facial expressions. Mm-hmm. Are they? I can't tell if they're laughing sometimes because they're pushed mm-hmm. to talk, and mm-hmm. so there's just yep. a there's still a disconnect there. That's that's the player side of it. But you're absolutely right. the The community is the the ba- like the back end community is so important. the The friends that I've made, the people that I care about, that I get to chill with before, after, during. 
like I don't mind being exhausted. I don't mind running 40, 50, however many hours of play at a convention F as long as there's there are some drinks after or there are there's something, right? And so that was there's, that was definitely yeah. missing in this. It's because I still went that back downstairs at the end of the day. I'm at my house. I try to cram in as much family time as I can. It's like I went left one job to the the one that matters the most to me, right? As being is my mm-hmm. family, but even still it wasn't a it wasn't a vacation. It was go right. upstairs, disconnected and then look at a camera all day long, trying to connect with them so they could see the intent. I'm trying to emote at them, but I'm looking at the, the little light that's on my camera instead all day long. That was tough to yeah. do. And for, my biggest problem is that hours. you can see me straight ahead of my camera now. That's mm-hmm. where my ca- my webcam sits. This is where I see people. Oh. Yes. Yep. So it's like, oh yeah, I yep. do this. Yeah, and I've got two. I have two monitors, so I've got. Yeah, I'll have yeah. roll twenty on one. I'll have the adventure on another. I've got the. I'm rolling. I'm clicking stuff to roll dice over on the other side. So I'm constantly doing this back and forth, and then I'll stop. Oh, story time, and then I'm looking at the camera again, and that just gets. It was exhausting, really. And for anybody who's thinking about doing this, this DM thing, mm-hmm. for Baldman or for any other convention, I'll tell you one thing. One of the things, and I don't think I knew many of you before Winter Fantasy. I think I met mm-hmm. Catherine. I mean, I know Zach and I had talked at times um, before that at Gen Con and stuff because we were both marshalling and stuff, but we weren't close. And uh, I lost my father in January, about two weeks before Winter Fantasy. Mm-hmm. And I was going back and forth with my wife. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to go. We've got some stuff that we're doing. And I'm like, I'm going to go. I haven't seen people in a while. I was there to play. I wasn't there to run. So it wasn't stressful at all. And I, but I spent the whole weekend with Baldwin judges. Mm-hmm. And so I'm leaving, I'm driving home from Fort Wayne on Sat on Sunday. And I started crying and I'm like, wait a minute, this is something's going on here. And I started thinking about and processing these emotions. And I'm like, I don't know how much I needed that vacation away with mm-hmm. friends that were super close. And I never put those two and two together when I was judging at Gen Con. I was like, ooh, I get a free trip to a con, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where I just needed something that wasn't go, 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 figure out what's going on with the estate and everything else. And and now it is unbelievably vital in my well-being to be doing these kind of things. Mm-hmm. And that's why that's why it's so visceral for me to be like – the online con, and I said it in the chat with all the DMs, like, it's wonderful just to get these people talking again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a good conversation, not only not only friend conversation, but there's it's the same thing we do when we talk about an adventure, or what Zach and I do on Drifters Atlas. Yeah. There's something really cool when you get brains in a room and you're just. Hey, what about this idea? What about this idea? What yep. about this mm-hmm. idea? Yeah. And it suits our need as humans for a mastery. Yeah. How do I do this the best I could possibly do this? Yeah. Yeah. And it's a really cool thing. And I, I implore anybody to jump into a smaller convention and try to run or run at your local store or whatever it mm-hmm. may be. So it might take totally a, agree. It might take a tiny, tiny bit of time to find the right people to create with. But once you do, it's one of the most powerful things. It's awesome. Yeah, totally agree. That's a really good way. I think, I think that's a good stop point, at least for the discussion at large, just to kind of close it off with that sort of sentimental statement. Um, that being said, here's what I would like. Um, 
looking if you're going to look into the camera and and tell either players or DMs a tool, a statement, a tip, or whatever, thirty seconds or less, something that it could be it could just be like, oh, I learned about this cool thing this weekend, or or um, this is a cool feature, or or keep this in your brain when you're running, or yada yada yada. But but give them a little nugget um, because not very many people sit here and run. 40 hours of D&D over four days and get all of that experience all at once. Um, a lot of these, a lot of the people that listen run one game every two weeks and it just started last year and they're taking all of this in. So what can we tell them that made this experience that can help make their experience even better? Yeah. And I'll go ahead and start because I kind of have one. Uh, <coughs> that's my, <laughs> <laughs> that'll give you some time. Um, and this one it, it maybe maybe a bit techy, um, but this con was made simple. Was made possible for me by the Beyond Twenty extension. I've talked about it again here on the channel, mm-hmm. prep in in previous time. But Beyond Twenty extension, you can look it up. Um, it basically connects your Roll Twenty account and your D and D Beyond account, and it, pro- it saved me tons of prep time and made my game feel as organized and smooth as it did and it's completely free so uh that would be my tidbit 100 percent save the con for me nice i guess my i have two tiny ones uh the first one would be kind of kind of like zach's um learn roll 20 learn whatever you're gonna run on now before you get to the point where you need to know it to be able to help players figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, um, so that's one. <laughs> and, uh, and the other one, I guess, would be, um, it can feel, it can feel isolating to just see people on a screen, but like, remember, the way that people connect the most is through, or one of the ways that people connect the, connect the most is through enjoying something together, whether they can even see each other or not. Mm. So mm. your your job as a DM is to, is like for a virtual, it's the same as normal. Your job is just to show up and enjoy, and you don't have to have... Uh, awesome mastery of all this tech and stuff like that. All you really have to do is be able to um, do your do your best and be honest about where your best is, and <laughs> and your players will generally be like, okay, cool. And every everybody wants to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Like Perfect. everybody wants to have a good time. So just have a have a good time. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback kind of off of Catherine then. Um, and mine my doesn't doesn't just sit in the shoulders of online. This is for any convention that you want to run at. Uh, one, leave your ego behind. Mm-hmm. This is not about mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to make sure that those people that are sitting at your table that have paid their money or are taking their time have fun. Mm-hmm. If they get a little crazy, if they're a little off the rails from what you normally like to do, you know what? Open up. <laughs> see where it, see where it leads. 
mm-hmm. see what happens because I know I know they call us dungeon masters. We are not. We are facilitators. Mm-hmm. We are not storytellers. You know, if if you want to be a storyteller, write a book mm-hmm. <laughs> or play World of Darkness. Uh, we are there to facilitate together with the players a grand adventure. Mm-hmm. So do that. Have fun with those people that are sitting at your table, whether virtually or in person. And as long as, as they're having fun and you're having fun and you're allowing it to be fun, you've won D&D. That's the secret. That's how <laughs> you win <laughs> D&D. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Nice. Okay. Um, I, I am going to say close to what Troy said. It's a little different, but mine's not convention or adventure league or just DM knowledge in general. And that is be confident, enjoy what you're putting out. And they're going to like it 95% of the time, whether you're right, you're wrong. They want to do something crazy. There's so many times that somebody's like, what about this? And I'm like, high or low, and I'll roll a die. And if it's high, it's yes. If it's if they get it right, it's, it's whatever they want. If it's not, oh, well, you don't, you don't get it this time. The die said that that's what doesn't work. And so it's just one of those things that you make something in the moment, you stick with it, you move forward. You're having a good time. You're joking around. Um, don't take on too much than you can control. No one's going to have any fun if you take on a billion games. Um, that's just a DM thing in general. If mm-hmm. you don't feel comfortable doing it, take on one game and then move to two or take on a few. Mm-hmm. And just just enjoy what you're doing. Because if you enjoy it and you're going to put the time in, everybody else is going to love it. They know how much work people DMs do and how much this takes. 95% of the people are going to love it. And the five that don't, are you don't care about. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> Love it. Right. So I, I, I intentionally I intentionally stayed pretty quiet for mine because mine's not technical. Mine is going to be it's it's sentimental. So hopefully this is a good wrap up for it, but for me, um as much as I may have it felt like it was sometimes an inhibitor being virtual and not being able to connect with people, this game is all about connection. And um, as silly as it may sound to some outside of the community and that haven't done it before, this game's actually important. Uh, mm-hmm. Shared experience mm-hmm. is important. Uh, mm-hmm. Storytelling is something that's it's deep inside of us. It's ancient, and it awakens mm-hmm. something in us, and it allows us to kind of connect with other weirdos, people to <laughs> the people that are weirdos to us that are we're weirdos to them. And so now I think more than ever is what we really need is connection. And so for Mm -hmm. me, the international audience that I I had the pleasure and the blessing of being able to talk to, play with, laugh with, entertain, and they entertained me as well. Um, It was, um, it was beautiful. And so that's, it kind of goes to it. Maybe it's a microcosm of humanity that we get to touch in some way or that we get to connect with in some way, but it's still, it doesn't make any less important. The impact that we have in other people's lives and their, the, the, their well-being. you know, this is an escape. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think this last year has given everybody as much excuse to escape as possible. 
and whatever is uh, as healthy as possible as that may be. And to me, this is probably one of the most healthy ways that I could possibly do it because I'm not doing it by myself. I'm not receding into a cave mm. or no, I'm not jumping into a bottle or a, a pill bottle or otherwise. I, I'm mm. connecting with other people and we're fighting bad guys together. Uh, and uh, mm-hmm. I think I think it's really important. And so for me, the thing that I'm actually is not necessarily um, something that's maybe helpful, but it's more of a challenge. Is don't let the tech scare you uh, away from connecting, and don't mm-hmm. let looking into the camera sometimes and then looking off to the side for reactions. Don't let that be an inhibitor. Um, that we can make this work. We're going to make this work. This is something mm-hmm. that will improve over time. It's not going away anytime soon. It's never going to go away at this point in particular, I think. No matter what happens post-COVID, yeah. this, so there's going to be a component of this in everything that we do with gaming from now on. So yeah. uh, uh, to quote something as silly as Bill and Ted, be excellent to each other. And uh, yep. party on. And by me, party on, I mean find a good party of rogues, wizards, orcs, <laughs> uh, clerics, and all that good stuff. So Love yeah, it. be excellent. So... With that, well, uh, with those excellent words, um, mm-hmm. we're going to uh, wrap up this thing. Um, I'm not going to, we obviously didn't hype a whole bunch of products or Kickstarters or whatever at the end of this episode or at the beginning of this episode. Um, so, and instead, what I'm going to be doing is um, there won't be any links at the bottom of this episode whatsoever. But instead, if you mm-hmm. go to our Facebook page or Instagram, you're going to, f- be able to find over the next couple weeks as we when this episode releases a whole slew of links posted there more than could handle at the bottom of a podcast and these are going to be links to connect to bald man as far as their facebook page their facebook group it's going to be links to connect on discord with different communities that we like there if you Mm -hmm. are interested in al we're going to give you some resources to connect with communities in that space basically um we want to do the work to help make sure that anybody that's tuning into this episode because they came in off of this uh, this preview, or if you're a listener of the podcast and you wish, or you were you've been curious, or you've been put off, or any of those things by Adventures League or the D and D community at large, we want to give you all the tools that we've fell in love with to to connect with the community as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, so get on uh, Bite Size Gaming on Facebook. Get on Bite Size Gaming on. Um, instagram follow those links pick which ones uh on which platforms work for you and uh let's get connected exactly you're here all right guys that's uh this is an hour and a half long episode which is quite long for us so uh, <laughs> i'm gonna call that good enough uh thanks to uh my four lovely co-hosts here for hanging out with me one more night this week <laughs> and uh until Wednesday. We'll see you next time. See ya. Take care, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good gaming.